Bam. Doug, what's good, man? We finally got around to this. Guys, welcome to the Lost Set Podcast. And today we got a very special guest, my man, Doug. And honestly, I have been fucking, like, you know, hyped up for this episode all week. You know, we are, uh, let me give a little bit of background. We've known each other for some time now. And the reason why I got to start off with the fact that we had a Zoom call not that long ago, about a month ago, give or take. And then we had a good chat about what you were doing. We caught up. And then I walked away from that Zoom call. And I was like, holy shit. I don't know why, but I feel like this intense like energy right now. Like I want to go, I want to run, I want to do shit. And then I felt like the um, one of the best things about you right now is the same energy that I'm feeling, man. So what's going on? How you been? Yo, good, bro. Really good, man. Thank you for having me on this podcast. I am actually so blown away and, and admired inspired by this this space that we're in and how far you've come with your podcast and it feels so legit it's so fucking professional and um yeah i think this is the best yeah in all my podcasts that i've done i've done a fair few and this is the best podcast setup um in terms of yeah setup and the host as well (laughs) (laughs) the host as well and i'm and i'm just as excited to be here bro love showing up to these spaces like it's when it comes to podcasts these days, the issue, the thing is, a lot of people are doing online Zoom calls. Now, that's not that there's anything wrong with that because I've done a fair few of it. But the reason why I don't like it is because the, the whole point of a podcast is it's a conversation, it's a human connection between a few people or two people, you know, and that's why, you know, you've got to have this space, you know. And when it comes to doing Zoom, it kind of felt more like an interview rather than a conversation, questions on the board. But this is about as real as it gets. So, ladies and gentlemen, strap in. Now, Doug, you run Amongst Men, which is like your little tribe that you have built up and you've devoted so much fucking time and energy into. And I remember day one when you announced it to the point now it has grown exponentially. Mm. So, to start off with that, man, give us a little bit of insight into that and give us a little bit of insight about your journey. Yes, yes. So, that is something that I will do with a lot of pleasure Amongst Men. Male Strip Dance Academy. I googled um, if there's any actually male strip dance academy in the physical, not online, in the physical here in Australia, and there isn't. So I'm a claim that Amongst Men is the first male strip dance academy in Australia, mm-hmm. um, unless that is challenged, which I'm really open to. Um, so this, yeah, male strip dance academy, as simple as it sounds, uh, it is for me a space where men can come, gather, and step outside the comfort zone to really find who they are. And for myself, I'm a dancer. I've stripped. That's how we know each That's other. That's how we know each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. Yeah. And um, I've learned a lot in my years of dancing, self-expression and um, stripping. And it really gave me a innate inner self-confidence that um, has really helped me in my life. In all the areas where I step into confidence, it just life just seems to happen for me so beautifully. And um, the brothers that I notice on this earth, they, you know, some may lack a lot of confidence. Some are so shy to the point where they, um, yeah, just scared of being themselves. And this space here amongst men, um, one of my roles and responsibilities is to guide men into their more, most inner self through dance. And yes, it's a strip dance academy. Um the funny innuendo there is, yeah, not only are you stripping clothes off, but you're stripping layers of limiting self-belief that you have to actually reclaim your power as a man 
and to express that in such a beautiful way. And this is the space, my mission on earth right now, which is so good, so expansive. It keeps me, it springs me out of bed in the morning, man. It li- really keeps me alive. And um, yeah, it's grown. The men are stepping into this movement are also leaders in the, in, the, in this community here in Perth, uh, most of them. And um, I'm really glad that I get to work with other leaders because it inspires me more to be a better leader myself. And the environment there is what I would call a shark tank. This is a tank full of sharks. We keep each other on our toes and it's just, yeah, adrenaline pumping and um, also really safe space to be. Mm, yeah, mm. damn, that is not a gr- that's a fantastic way to put it. Now, we met through stripping a few, quite a few years back and then after that you went off and did your own thing and all that. You've been out mm-hmm. and about for a while and then you... When you came across Amongst Men, I remember looking at it and I was like, oh, that's new. That's just a little bit something different. I think the name's fantastic, by the way. Mm. You got the name, you got the kick-ass logo. By the way, guys, if you're not following on Instagram, uh, follow at Amongst Men on Instagram because they got some spicy content. Yes. So along your journey, like, at what point did your life, did you get this idea like, oh, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to devote myself into? Yes, that's a fucking good question, man. By the way, what is the um, rules of uh, speech in terms of profanity? Is that something that you... Mate, the whole point of a podcast is <laughs> you can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> as long yeah. as you're like, yeah. yeah. In that fucking case. No, I'm, I'm, I'm playing. Yeah, so um, amongst men, how did I come across it? Uh, I think it came across me just as much as I came across it. I was um, at a point... I'll, I'll start at a point where I was working in Telstra... I was a sales consultant working there nine to five, um, you know, five days a week with the weekend, normal stuff. And um, something innately within me was like, bro, you're fucking meant to be doing something more than this. And I felt that I trusted that feeling and I've always um, lent into personal development and um, also putting myself into workshops and experiences where I am expanding. And um, I came across some really potent coaches uh, in the personal development slash spiritual development space. And um, yeah, uh, from here, I I got to meet with some cool individuals that I really resonated with, how they carried themselves and how they spoke. And from this space, there was a man by the name of Spence Madden. He lives in Canada and he's a king, man. He's the way he speaks and holds holds himself. He um, is, in my opinion, the new world, a new earth leader, really helping men to become sovereign and so, saw his Facebook posts uh, about, you know, wanting, if you want wanting to be a sovereign man, please DM me. And that was really, you know, at a point in my life where I was wanting more for myself and this world um, and the reality that I lived in. And I knew that I was meant to do something bigger and I trusted that feeling within. Um, and I just took action on it. I was like, bro, I'm really keen to catch up with you. Let's have a chat. And um, yeah, Spence and I caught up. There was a lot of like positive energy there, just like how you know you and I caught up over Zoom, and there yeah. was this energy to like run. I yeah. felt that, but I'm like, fuck, I feel I feel alive. I want to mm. work with this man. And um, opportunity came in his life where he could uh, have a one-on-one session with me for about six months. And in that six months, man, I did some deep work on uh, finding my purpose. And it's it's you know a lot of a lot of um a lot of my journey of research and seeking purpose. Um, didn't fail, but this was like a very concise, methodological, um, strategized way for me to actually be purposeful with myself. And as I journeyed in this container for six months, 
yeah, I really just started um, focusing on my values, what I stood for, uh, what problems I see in my reality, not what I see online, which is a very big difference. And I, I, w- I really want to touch on what you said before about doing this podcast live yeah, instead yeah, of Zoom yeah. because I, I, f- I fuck with that, bro. Yeah. I really fuck with that. And um, just really focusing on what is alive in my reality, the physical, the problems that I see and how can I provide a solution for that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think the Japanese call this ikigai. Ikigai. Okay, can you explain to me what that means? Because I've never heard that word before. Oof. Do you want to bring it up on okay, your okay. computer screen? I'll actually, uh, it's better if we have a diagram. And uh, if this if this video goes live, you can stick it on there for the people to see as well. And we can break it down. Um, um, firstly, big respects to Japanese culture and Japanese um, philosophies. I, I, I read a recent book called The Courage to be Disliked. And um, oh, I've read that one. Fantastic book. Uh, changed my life. Unfortunately, I don't have access to the Wi-Fi in here today. Uh, but can you sort of you yeah. have one on your phone? So sort of bring yeah, it up yeah. for us. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't want to butcher this. Uh, I think there's three Venn diagrams. If you can imagine three circles um, with a with a point in the middle where all the circles are touching each other very sexually, <laughs> <laughs> um, very very uh, gently. Okay, so Ikigai. Images, here we go. There's one here with four, actually. Yeah, so there's four, four, four circles there. Okay. And um, the first one is needs, so what the world needs. And then what you can be paid for is the other circle. And the third circle is what you are good at. And then the fourth one is what you love. So okay, you can see that when they all intersect... Mm-hmm. They create the solution for the world, for the problem that you see, what you are good at, which is for me, I'm really good at, I'd consider dance. I'm innately good at that. I fucking love <laughs> dancing. We can talk about that. We yes. Can talk about that yes. I yeah. fucking love it, man. And wow. um, yeah, through the through the process of this and also his um, other modalities, we discovered that um, this is why I'm here. And um it was just all ideas like, yeah, I want to, I want to do this. And it was just floating in the ether. It wasn't grounded in the physical. So he really guided me to just ground it in, come up with a 10 week program, come up with all the steps, all the problems that they will actually conquer in this 10 weeks, which just gave me more confidence in who I am and how I can do that. And once I started typing, man, my fingers just took over. Mm. I've never felt more in flow in my life where I was just like, whoa, all this is just coming through me right now. And I just really trusted what was coming through. And I didn't know what the time was or space was. I was just lost in this document. And in that zone of flow, I really discovered like how my body, my mind, my cells, my blood already innately knows all this information. And I can't believe that I haven't written about it before. And once I written, like wrote it down, I really had this sense of purpose. I'm like, wow, this is a gift that's been given to me. Like, I know this. Uh, it's not, um, and, and there's a big, big uh, difference between believing and knowing, right? So, I didn't believe it. I fucking knew it, bro. I'm like, I fucking know this. This is like innately here, and now it's my duty to give. And a really good quote that I can use is, um, "The purpose of life is to find your gift," right? And, uh, hang on. The purpose of life is to find your gift, and the reason to live is to give it away. And that's that's very profound. And once I found my gift, I just wanted to give. And um, 
so I did. I just went on social media. I was like, guys, I'm going to launch a male strip dance academy for any men out there that want to. And this also goes out to everyone that's listening who live in Perth, who wants to get funky with me. Um, if you're a man looking to express yourself, uh, wanting to learn how to dance, wanting to embody your sexuality in such a powerful way, step into the space. And um, yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of fucking courage to do that, man. It does. It takes a lot of courage for a man to go, oh, I've always wanted to dance. I, I can't dance. I'm a plank of wood. You know, there's so many narratives around um, men not dancing here in the Western culture and yeah. they have to like have substances or be on drugs or you know have 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 an excuse to dance instead of just fucking unleashing and dancing and all these stories and narratives to push through that and to actually find yourself in dance is a very hard thing so the men that do step in they are usually as i said like leaders they are elites they're like man that's my edge right there i know what my edge is and i'm gonna fucking go for that and push my edge and sharpen my sword even further there so the world doesn't fuck with me so um yeah i I was working with this coach and he really guided me to the point where I could do that. And then I started speaking about it, started speaking to like people in my reality about it. And I felt their excitement for me. They're like, wow, this is fucking fresh. Like mm. I haven't heard of anything like that's being done by this. And their excitement fueled me. And like, I was like, yes, <laughs> thank you for being excited for me. And, um, and I really loved the journey of me speaking about this because the more I spoke about this, the more I wanted to act on that and to actually pull men in and, you know, have them journey with me. So it first started out in March with about six men. Right now we're in November. And in the time from March to November, I um, have grown this tribe to about 13 men. There are still men who started back then that are still in the movement so powerfully. Wow. And they're so devoted to this. And um, in their words, they, th they say that every man should be doing this as well um, because of the level of confidence that they have gained in, in the very short eight months or nine months, right? In this time, I've managed to step away from my safety and security of working at a nine-to-five job and to fully devote myself to this journey. I've also managed to start up two other movements on the side that I'll um, that we might have a chat about later. One of those is that uh, what's it called? The throne sessions you called it? The, the hot throne lap the dance. Throne, that's it. Yeah, yes. where you have the male and female comes in do like lap dances on each other. Yeah, yeah. How many yes. of those have you done sessions of those? You've done a couple, haven't you? Yeah, I've done two. I've done a. I've done two singles lap dance uh, sessions where single people can come and come to a room and meet each other oh. in lap dance. Wow. So they're walking away with lap dance skills and also new friendships and beautiful connections and uh, really, really. Beautiful healing space for the for the men and women there as well because you get to find out about each other in such a erotic safe space. It destroys a lot of narratives, and I love that. And I'm um, I'm doing a ne the next one I'm doing is a couples one. Okay, so super intimate where you get to actually find your lover in lap dance and um, that space. So yeah, it, it is like the journey of me finding my purpose and speaking about it and um, putting out amongst men has helped me step away from safety and security. And me doing this. Uh, one of the one of the beautiful um, principles of brotherhood is if a brother goes over the line into the unknown, he's leading the way for other men to follow. So when I took a step away from work and devoted myself to my genius and my gift, brother, like every, like so many other men in the movement did the same. There's a guy that was working for a company. He left the company and he's now doing his own business as a copywriter and he's killing it and he's like fully trusting his genius and his, his gift and he's now giving on such a bigger level and getting rewarded for it. Another friend of mine who started a videography company business from the movement who is doing videos for amongst men has had enough confidence now to 
have an end date to when he finishes his work right now in February and he's now fully going to devote his life to his craft. And yeah, yeah, the confidence aspect that I was telling you about, it does really help men conquer, you know, areas of our life, including where um, we are not fully showing up. Yeah, I can 100% agree with you uh, to a T about when you step into the unknown. So let's say you've draw back for this podcast and give it a little bit of background. When I first started this one, people were always saying to me things like, oh, it's not going to work. No one's going to listen to you. Podcasts are a dime a dozen. That's mm-hmm. okay. And then once you actually, the, the first step is always the hardest step. But once you get past that, you know, everything else becomes a little bit more simple. But so many people are, f- are scared because we live lives of security. You know, we, we want to focus on our bills. We want to make sure we keep our partner happy. We want to make sure, you know, we keep our friends happy. But all that is the expense of our own happiness. So that's why, you know, in, when you step into that insecurity, it's about being a little bit selfish. And that was ha- what happened with this podcast. When I stepped into this podcast, I realized I want to give this everything I got. So that actually led me to leaving the stripping industry because I realized as much as I did enjoy it, it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I had to make that selfish choice of leaving all that behind, mm. devoting full into this. But once you get past just taking that step, it leads you to places like such as here, you know, because I like to believe if I hadn't done that, you know, we wouldn't be doing this. I'd mm. still be up on stage and all that. And there's no disrespect to it, but you know, at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, Damn, what the fuck do you want? You know, once you start asking your question, what do you want? And you start answering, life becomes a little bit more simple. But I think it's just our own insecurities that we got to get by. Uh, uh, you know, are we? I know it's frightening and scary, but, you know, you trade that in for, you know, conf- uh, to be comfortable, then, you know, you're pretty much just going to waste away. And that's just usually the case and hats off to those guys fuck and they're starting their own thing and i feel like that's that's huge but one thing like really for is important to ask you is how do you feel like how do you felt feel like we got to this point where people are living lives of such you know you know uh they're just comfortable all the time working nine to fives why do you feel like it's people are so scared to you know Step out of that comfort zone. So let's, let's get a little bit deep here. You know, oh, like shit, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Because you've experienced this yourself. Yes. You know, you um, you told me you, you left all that behind. You also told me before the podcast you went to India as well. Mm. So obviously if someone in, uh, in talks about, you know, stepping out of comfort zone, there's no better person to ask right now than you. Oof. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Thank mm. you. Thank you for seeing me. And um. I really have to acknowledge you and honor you for what you've done as well, man, because um, you, I would consider you to be a very, um, you know, the blueprint for being a very successful stripper. Mm. You've got the body, you've got the looks, you've got the moves, the personality, bro. You, when you step on stage, I have seen audiences and the people that are listening. I've seen women lose their fucking minds over this man. (laughs) Literally like eyes rolling to the back of the head. And um, yeah, and you left that, bro. You left the reception of that to pursue something that felt right for you. And here we are. And mm. I just have to say, that takes a lot of courage. And I'm so glad you trusted the voice within and still do mm. to this very day. And I want to say, brother, when you do that, um, 
step into bravery, I call it. When you step into bravery, the gods themselves come and step down with you. Mm. They come from the heavens, they step right there with you and they open the portals of this world for you. And there's nothing but abundance, power, um, freedom that lies here in this space for you. So thank you for doing that and leading yourself here. Um, and this is a good segue for people uh, for people to listen in, into about the safety and security. How do people actually end up yeah. in, in that comfort zone? And man, I, I want to say that I haven't fully eradicated myself from the comfort zone. I do always catch myself in patterns where I, I'm stepping back into comfort. And I feel like it's always going to be a dance. I'm never going to be um, in a space where I'm fully comfortable. And if I do catch myself there, then I'm going to push my edge. Um, and this zone of comfort really comes from a whole a whole array of different um, reasonings. And for there's there's obviously the consequence, uh, sorry, the circumstances within and how we've been brought up. And there's also the pressure from society and how society programs us and how this world is. So um, life in a, in a sense, you know, if you were to consider it as a rhythm, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down. Um, sometimes when we go up and experience the ups, we are through celebration, laughter, friendship, substance and all that. Um, when it goes down, not a lot of people fucking love the downs. No, not including myself. Yeah. I, I had a very terrible relationship with pain and discomfort. Right, if I was uncomfortable, I would want it to go away. Right, I, I would be like, no, 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 I'm, I, fuck, I was enjoying that. I was really in it, and um, I didn't want to be in the the discomfort of life. And because of this, I had a really terrible relationship with pain. So, which meant that I didn't do anything in my life that would cause me pain, like push my body to the limits. Um, in the gym, now you you'd fucking understand this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like. When I, when I go to the gym, um, in the past, I would only work out to the point where I would break a sweat, but I wouldn't push myself. And then I went to the gym with my brother, Theo, who is a fucking monster. <laughs> and he stood right next to me. He's like, bro, come on, man. Like, fucking lift. One more. And, and he really connected me to the warrior within of, like, breaking my limiting beliefs and, like, actually inviting pain into my body for the cause of building a body that is going to hold more carry more and when i started to realize that my body is more capable of withstanding more pain and being in discomfort and the growth that i had from it i realized on the physical man i can lift more i can take on more i can jump higher i can run faster and this then just translated to within um um, as i said the external reality of me not wanting to put myself into pain then went inwards like where in my life within am i not actually allowing myself to feel pain and it was with love bro i was mm. so scared of committing myself to a relationship to my mission to my success because i was so afraid of failure and in my upbringing failure meant pain mm. if i failed my parents and got really bad grades i would get disciplined and my parents would like not give me love in a sense and that caused a lot of pain within so it really programmed me to be um, a person that didn't invite pain and failure is into my life even as a dancer bro i'm such a perfectionist and i'm working through this right now i am so afraid to fail that i whisper my movements like make it slow make it make it like mumble my movements and not actually step into my full power and actually fail quicker and i'm, I'm realizing that now so when it comes to stepping out of that discomfort it takes a lot of fucking courage. It takes a lot of inner strength and it also takes a lot of compassion 
because the journey of me um, in, in my previous years, I used to just push myself, like push energy, mm. like fucking let's go, Doug. Let's fucking <laughs> do it, man. And I used to amp myself up and push myself, which takes a lot of energy for me to do that. But now I, I trust the pull energy of being inspired to do the things that are uncomfortable. So every morning I wake up and I jump into the cold, um, cold water, uh, is the most uncomfortable thing to wake up and jump into. Mm-hmm. But when I focus on my breath and just accept and invite this discomfort into my body, everything that I do from that point onwards is fucking easy, bro. So um, building resilience has to be a practice in life. Correct. Um, it has to be a practice in life is what I believe. And not a lot of people do that. Not a lot of people do that. I don't see anyone in when I was working in Telstra that was really pushing their boundaries with resilience. Mm-hmm. They were eating foods that weren't healthy for them. They were watching and numbing themselves with Netflix and YouTube. They were um, focusing on other things that didn't necessarily uh, evolve them as, as people. They were really comfortable with where they were at. And here's the thing. They have the complete right and sovereignty to choose that life for themselves. Correct. Yeah. Right. Which is which is com- it's completely fine for them to be exactly where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um. And this is why I'm no longer there. Yeah. Because they choose that, and I don't choose that. Mm-hmm. So, um, the more I started to build my resilience, the more I started to focus on um the edge. Let's just call it the edge. And I think as a man, it's very important to know where your edge edge is. Um, and my edge, uh. You know, it's just like your personal best at the, at the current state. And if it's bodybuilding or if it's um, falling in love, I know that right now that I have quite a lot of walls up with my heart that I'm slowly lowering down because I've been hurt so much through the journey of loving someone and there's so much pain there. I know that. Mm-hmm. And I'm slowly inviting love back into my life. And, you know, I'm having conversations and uh, experiences with women right now where it's super grounded and I'm not forcing anything there's no pressure and if something comes up that i'm like oh i don't want to go there because it feels a little uncomfortable then i just voice my truth and i take my time with it and i'm and i bring in compassion to myself i'm like it's okay doug you know you are loved i see you i love you um thank you for being aware of what's just come up let's work through this together and i i then get the chance to work through that within myself and push past that edge where it's uncomfortable for me to go to and actually see who I am there. Yeah. And yeah, as you were saying, bro, in your words, it, it does it does open a lot of doors. Um, and yeah, this is an invitation to everyone that's listening right now to discover your edges and to build resilience in your life in one way or another and transfer the skill set of that into the areas of life where you are uncomfortable and take charge and, and step into power. And on a collective level, um, what's happening right now? I don't know where everyone's stances um, and uh, choices with the mandates that are coming in, um, and I and I do feel really called to share about this. Do you, do you mind if I step into this, bro? Mate, we got the time. That's what we were here for. Yes. Tune in, guys. Um, I was talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, bro. Um, I'm I'm a strong believer of uh, being decisive as well. Um, decisiveness creates certainty, uh, and in in current situation where. Um, the whole world is in chaos, especially here in Australia, about the new vaccines that are coming in. And um, for myself, you know, the vaccines could work and they do work. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, I don't really care about the vaccines as much. I I care about choice, freedom. And if, like, as I said, if people want to choose to be comfortable, 
and not grow, not evolve. That's their choice. That's a sovereign right on earth and they should have that. Likewise, um, if people don't want to get the vaccines into their body, they don't want to get a foreign substance injected into them, they shouldn't be blackmailed with their um, lives. Like, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, and that is not a sovereign, free country or life that I'm experiencing here in Australia. And um, this is not comfortable. And yeah. the way to push through that for me is to speak my truth and be like, no, I don't want to um, be coerced in, in, in a way where my freedom feels like it's taken away from me. I've worked so hard to be a sovereign man and now... I am told what to do. And I don't know about you, bro. I don't like being told what no, to do. No, mate. I, am the lo- I hate being told what to do. It's one of the worst things because as human beings, um, I believe strongly, and then you can just get back to your point, is that we are always choosing all the time. Whenever you're lucky or not, we are always choosing. We get told a lot what we want to do, what mm. we're supposed to do, but we can always choose whenever or not we want to obey or not. Mm. And then conse- consequences come either way. So when we're talking about the whole vaccine, you know, people can get it or people don't want to get it, but they still have that choice of whenever or not. If it would be horrible if it got to a point where it was gunned to the head, mm-hmm. get it or you die, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Still at that point, you know, you can still choose whenever or not. <laughs> but that's just an extreme, extreme level. Hey, it is like but that. Yeah, it is like it, that. It is, yeah. Simply put. And um, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because it is once again very. It, you'd have to be very courageous and brave enough to actually take a stand for freedom mm-hmm. and for choice. And um, the, yeah, man, like I see a lot of people, and I've experienced a lot of people just doing it because they're told what to do, and including family members. Where my my dad and um, yeah, my brother, he's like, man, I don't want to take this vaccine but I'm going to lose my job if I don't. My own brother was saying that to me and, mm-hmm. and that really boiled my blood because I'm like, it's one thing to fuck with me, bro, but it's a whole other thing to fuck with my family. Mm. And yeah, like, you know, and I had to respect his choice of actually going and doing, like getting the vaccine for his life. Even though I did say, hey man, just trust your gut and, you know, decide from there. And he decided to go get the vaccine. So I was like, cool, I support you in that. Um, but yeah, like I, if he did have the courage to stand up and um, to stick to what is right for him and to face the consequences and trust in you know, his body not wanting the vaccine, he's honoring his body, which is, which is why we're here, mm. which is why we have this human experience is to honor this beautiful vessel that we've been gifted um, for this life. Mm. If we don't do that, if we dishonor our body, we, like in my, in my opinion, if I dishonor my body, I'm dishonoring the gods, like my, my gods that I pray to and devote my life to and the reason why I'm here, I'm dishonoring them. Like, you know what? You know, fuck my body. I'm just going to put this in there. Consciously. Consciously doing that. You know, it's, 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 there's a lot of um, repercussions that come from that. And yeah, once again, spiritual edge, you know, spiritual edge. How can you push through that with love, compassion and um, resilience? Mm-hmm. Which is a good, good topic that you brought up, bro. Yeah. I mean... That's a very, very well-spoken way to put it. I mean, this podcast is usually dedicated to all things health and fighting. And the vaccine whole thing is a topic that, you know, I've always wanted to avoid it because these days it's probably the number one topic of tension that's going on right now around the mm. world, one of them or this country and specifically. Look, my, my say is 
you can, like I say again, you're always choosing. You don't want to get it, okay, don't have to get it. If work's telling you not to get it, then you ask yourself the question, if you don't want to get it, can you get? Can you find work, uh, work elsewhere? Can you find ways to support yourself elsewhere? If that's the case, then go ahead. But one thing I just can't, I couldn't stand is the fact that, again, I'm not a, profe- uh, a doctor or a professional, so do not take my word for it. But I'm all about what's healthy for your body now. You know what I mean? Sleep, sunlight, good food, exercise. Focus on that as well. And I'm sure that's about building your immune system and all that. And that's probably the best thing you can get that's going to be against this virus. You know? Because there is a scenario for every situation. People have died who've got the vaccine. People who still got COVID and had the vaccine. People who didn't even bother to get the vaccine and didn't get COVID and all that and they're doing well either way there's a scenario for every case and I just I care about just again choice I just that's all really that it is and I think freedom is probably the most important part of this whole thing and when you take away that of course you're going to get a lot of resistance and that's what we've been seeing lately so maybe I hope there's a way in which we could all come to some middle ground you know what I mean that's honestly what I hope I hope there was a way that people were like, okay, people could get together and say, okay, can we give these people a choice whenever they want to get it? And then again, you know, that's the last, and the last thing I want is people getting fired, you know, especially from their jobs. It's just, it's rough and people have to leave their jobs. But then again, it still, it all comes down to choice. choice. That's choice. what it is. Damn. Yes, bro. <laughs> yes, bro. And I'm um, just a prayer for everyone that is listening right now. Um, the best tool to navigate tension not only like tension in your body, tension in relationship, tension in society, the best thing to do is to be compassionate. Correct. Um, for myself, uh, my very natural self and how I've been brought up was not that. I, I was very hard on myself. I'm a perfectionist and I'm like, fucking do it this way or it's wrong. You know, to myself. That's how I used to converse to myself. And it didn't really serve me as much until I started being compassionate to myself. And when I started, not only started doing, um, not only started being compassionate to myself um it also gave me some really beautiful fruits like forgiveness Mm -hmm. um and being like having the ability to forgive someone on the spot for what they've done and the choices that they take and being compassionate towards them and understanding them um likewise uh like for this current situation of vaccines so many of my friends have taken that path and part of me was triggered but once again once i deployed compassion and deployed forgiveness and acceptance and unity like we are friends again, you know, and that was that was a that's that was a beautiful journey for me to have navigated, um, to come to the solution of like yeah, just fucking upfront, just deploy compassion when I'm in tension, uh, because that's gonna really help me, uh, ground into a solution and an outcome that is going to be that, mm-hmm. you know, by deploying that at the start, I'm gonna be in that in the future as well, and uh, yeah, tension is inevitable. Uh. Inevitable in this dance of life, and it's always good to be graceful through the dance of life as well. And that's my philosophy. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful way to put it. Now we can move on. Move on from there. That was that was a solid. What well, one thing I got to respect though is I'm just glad we can talk about this freely. That's what I care about the most. I care about people just coming in here. And when it comes to the vaccine and all this stuff, the last thing I want to finish off is that people shouldn't resort to uh, insulting when it comes to a conversation. I don't. If you, one thing I always tell people, when it comes to getting into some verbal conflict with something, the last thing you should be doing is changing your tone 
and insulting them, if you do that immediately, you lose the argument. There should never be a case where, oh, if you get the vaccine, you know, you're an idiot, or if you don't get the vaccine, you're dumb and all that. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I'm always telling people, again, it's a little bit contradictory, but people usually are very, very ignorant of their own thoughts whilst criticizing others of theirs. What I mean by that is I've had someone uh, insult someone for getting the vaccine when I'm like, mate, I know what you do on the weekends. <laughs> you do, do you know what you're putting into your body? You know what I mean? And you're worried about the vaccine. And that's just how the way it goes. So what's important, what we're doing right now is just having an open, honest discussion about it and finding middle ground. So that's that. Moving on. Now, one other thing, I the next thing I wanted to bring up with is, again, circling back to Amongst Men, the Mal Strip Dance Academy. Your your dance, so we had a good conversation about this on Zoom as well, about you and dancing and how you believe it's such a f- strong, powerful form of expression and, you know, it's something you're deeply passionate about. Now, for me personally, back when I was dancing slash stripping, it was just a mean means to an end of pretty much just fun and a challenge and enjoying it and then, but the way that you bring it up, it's like, what's the best way to put it? For you, it's like, a, it's almost like a, like expression of your, like your soul. It's what you deeply, deeply into. Now, I wanted to ask because someone is so deeply passionate about dance as usual. How did you get involved and how did it build to like this point? Like, you know? Yes, bro. Yes, bro. Yeah, you asked some really good questions. Thank you. So, yeah, dance is the expression um, of my soul wanting to communicate uh, in a way where I feel more. So, obviously, through voice, you know, what you're hearing right now is what what I'm wanting to speak. And there's only a selective number of characters and vocal tonality and messaging that I can get across to you. Dance is voice times 10. Action is louder than words. Mm. And for me, when I'm in movement um, with the intention to surrender into music and just allow music to move as me, I'm no longer in control and the music flows through me. And in that state of being, time doesn't exist, space doesn't exist, thoughts don't exist, I am being. And it's freedom it is um, joy, it is sadness, it is everything that the music is and who I am in dance and how I get to experience myself. It's like, uh, yeah, the closest thing I can say to it. And and this is the reason why I always use the word God because I experience God in dance. I am, my soul is in a level and an expression that is so full, bro. I'm in my fullest expression when I'm in dance and, um, when it comes to the experience of life, when I'm in dance, in that in that moment of flow and connection with my inner self and outer self and the environment that I'm in, um, yeah, that experience in life is one of the highest experiences that I can experience for myself, just personally speaking, and how I feel is free. Mm-hmm. What I feel is confidence and uh, so much emotions, newfound emotions flow through me. And you know, I'm quite animated and very expressive with how I speak. Mm-hmm. And this is just what I've been able to transfer, a very minute, distilled version through dance, through my voice and through my expressions. So how did I stumble upon this, bro? When I first, I, I've, firstly, I have to honor my mother right now because mm-hmm. without her, I wouldn't be here on this planet. 
and also without her love and care, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. And what she used to do when I was young, um, my mother is a fucking freak fan for Michael Jackson. Really? Yeah, wow. she saw him live um, when I was young and she threw me to my dad and ran to the stage in front of him. And ever since that moment and her experience of Michael Jackson, she bought all his DVDs and she played that um, of my, ch- like she played that every single day of me growing up. And Ooh. I saw Michael dance and have the world at the tip of his finger and his source, his style, his class just made me want to move, bro. So I've always had the socks on doing moonwalks and, you know, always wanted to be Michael, had a hat and uh, big ups to Michael. Mm-hmm. He has inspired so many, so many beautiful things on this earth. And um, yeah, um, after that, I went on my journey of life. I lived in three different countries and um, I came to Australia. I was in Karatha and I was trying to make some friends and I wasn't really fitting in any particular groups yet, apart from this one New Zealand group. These brothers uh, fucking love my New Zealand brothers, yeah. um, my Maori brothers. And uh, they had a cipher, like a dance cipher, and uh, they would be playing like music off of their Nokia or Sony Ericsson phones. <laughs> Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I remember those. <laughs> Sony Ericsson Express Music. Um, and uh, yeah, they'd just be playing tunes, bro, whatever's hot, Soldier Boy, whatever it is, and they'd be oh. dancing and crumping and break dancing and all of that. And one day I got pushed into this cypher and they're like, dance, bro. And I was like, cool, I'm just going to do some moves. And I did a little bit of moves. Um, context, I was wearing black, long, pointy shoes. And during the moves that I was doing, you know, trying to dance with, I stepped on my, f- like on, on my feet on the f- long pointy bit and I tripped over myself Ooh. and I just went into this barrel of shame for the, for the next three months. And in this barrel of shame, I watched YouTube videos back to back of like good dances and I was hating on them. I was like, fuck, this man can move. Mm. I wish I could move like that. I wish I could move like that. Soon the I wish became, I think I can do that. And I started acting on it and I started like making space in my room and, just watching YouTube videos, learning how to dance off of YouTube, bro. Actually properly learning like different different moves and different techniques and school opened up again and we all gathered and the cypher was back on. They played some music and I, um, you know, they were joking about me jumping back in. It's like, oh, Doug, you're going to jump back in, bro? And I was like, you know what? Play me a song. Mm. And they played a song, bro. And I stepped in and I fucking oosed it. And it was so good for me in that moment and everyone that was watching there was like so much hype that happened um that i experienced and everyone was like what you know like what the fuck yo like where did you learn how to do that there's one dude like running around the circle (laughs) (laughs) and he was like and when i experienced that i was like wow fuck i love this emotion of hype um and i recently posted about hype as well and hype culture and how important it is to celebrate each other through hype and when i experienced myself in hype I was like, fuck, this is home for me. Mm. And from that moment when I experienced myself in dance culture and hype culture, I was just like, I'm going to I'm gonna take this and run as far as I can. And yeah, through my journey of a dancer in my whole life, I, I can definitely say this, in my most depressed states of life, I wasn't dancing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, okay. and in the most celebrating, um, like right now where I am, I, f- I fucking, man, I'm living a dream mm-hmm. with what I'm doing and um, I'm dancing more than I ever have. I have a dance coach. I have um, a professionally world-class dance coach that I'm working with. I take this part of my life extremely, um, as 
I wouldn't say seriously, but it's a high priority of my life to dance and to move and to have other people around me dance with me and um, to invite more people into dance. And my mission on earth is just to get as many people moving and dancing. And Michael Jackson did it in such a beautiful way for me. And now it's my turn to run the torch as far as I can. Wow. Wow. So could I say if you'd never tripped on your shoes that day, you know, would we be here today? <laughs> <laughs> If it wasn't for tripping, you know, on those shoes, fuck, man, I got a lot, I got to respect that, man, I'm, I think you just brought up something in my head that just related to you so much, like, when you said about tripping on your shoes and, and all that, and what it did, it triggered my memory in my past, back two years ago, I used to try, um, back when I was in university, I used to try stand-up comedy, mm. I used to do stand-up comedy in, like, bars and pubs and small gigs and all that sort of stuff, a lot of open mic nights, and then... Oh God! I just remember this day that always stuck with me. I did this, I did this one gig, and I brought my best friend at the time and his girlfriend. Two of my fr- closest friends came, and also my girlfriend at the time was there. It was in a room filled with a whole bunch of comedians. Everyone would get three minutes on stage, right? And everyone was coming up, and it was just these murderers. These guys going hard, like I'm almost balling over my chair. And then I'm excited to go. The time's up, and as soon as I get up there, and I'm I'm going. Uh, the guy who was moderating that night, I don't know what or how, but he just decided to fucking give me so much shit that night. So I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to get my jokes across, and he's like interrupting me halfway through, and I'm just like. I don't know how to respond I'm like Okay anyway So Keep going Keep going And then He's interrupting the jokes And he's taking a piss out of me And I'm just like Okay alright And then It was the three By the time the three minutes was up I was like What the fuck I did not get A single laugh in that night In a crowd of so many mm. I was so embarrassed I went and sat back down And it's just And my girlfriend's like Are you okay And I was just like I didn't respond I was like What the fuck happened And then I left and then that uh, I was hearing conversations and it was like what, what I heard people saying Dan I was so good except for that guy Jesus Christ he gave him hell what the fuck he shouldn't be up on stage mm. and then I went home that night and then I went home that night and I write down to myself I'm trying to reflect on what happened and then I said to myself okay I got embarrassed in front of so many people to a point where I got re- almost so reduced I got mm. Embarrassed in front of a whole community of com- comedians, some of the closest people to me at the time. And I, you know, have to do something about it, obviously. So what I did was, I think I got home at like 10 p.m. that night. I stayed up till 3 p.m., 3 a.m., 3 a.m. because I fell asleep at my desk writing jokes. I said to myself, okay, I'm going to take everything I've done. I'm going to rewrite it. I'm going to make sure I get it down. And I'm not going to stop until I get everything, until I've had enough. And then I turned that and then... By the time I hit 3 a.m., I woke up and had all this new material. I threw out all the old shit. I went to a small gig the next week. Which I did three minutes on stage. No, five minutes on stage. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> From there, I took that five minutes and I went and did one of the last gigs I ever did because obviously then COVID hit. I did 10 minutes for the first time. 10 minutes now in comedy. Three minutes is the average of what you get. Five minutes is if you're lucky. Seven minutes if you're a headliner. But 10 fucking minutes. When you're on stage for 10 minutes, that 10 minutes feels like a fucking hour. And that was the best 10 minutes I've ever had. When you talk about like, because always when you talk about the met of tripping on your shoes, mm. that was like a metaphor for me of that day that Ooh. I tripped on my shoes. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Ooh, bro. But, but one, thing, yes, one thing I love about your story, which you just said, is when you take failure, 
mm. when you take a uh, like this bad thing to have and his bad energy, and then you turn it into something good. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is the absolute best response anyone could ever do to anything, really, pretty much. Mm. <laughs> Bro, that's, um, that's beautiful, Cash. Yeah. Then thank you for um letting me in on your story there, man. That's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to also ask you was um. Because we're heading up onto the uh, the final 10 minutes of the podcast. So, I mean, unfortunately, you know, we're going to get an hour. But like I said, it's been an hour of power. One thing I never really, I don't think I've ever asked you before. But because we met through stripping, right? This is a sort of a two-part question. How did you first get involved in that? And secondly, what made you, you know, leave that life as well? Yes, let's ma- I'll, I'll keep this as succinct as I can. That's okay. Use up as much time for the last 10 minutes as you need. Easy, bro. Easy. So... Um, on my journey of uh, dance and performance and uh, wanting to be on stage, I was at a part in my life where I was uh, at a theatre company, acting, wanting to become an actor, and I really had a lot of passion for acting. And in this theatre company, I was like, you know, performing different roles, and um, it didn't really fulfil me. It didn't really fulfil me. And at that time of my life, I was also um, on a mission of picking up women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was really focusing on, um, you know, getting better at the art of picking up women, which there is an art form too. Uh, it's called the game. And at, at that journey and oh, consciousness yeah. of my life, I was really obsessed with it because of the lack of self-love and needing a validation from women and how they feel the void within. And at that point of my life, I didn't want any pain in my life as well. So I wasn't going through a lot of pain. So... Um, yeah, women were my comfort zones and um, I chased after women and I picked up a beautiful German stripper goddess um, at a bar in Fremantle. When I saw her, I was like, I'm going to take her home. Mm. And by the end of the night, I did. And when she came over, she gave me a lap dance, bro. Oh, she gave me this <laughs> lap dance and um, I feel like this is where uh, the Hot Throne Lap Dance Workshop play shop birthed. Um, and once she gave me the lap dance, I picked her up and I put her down and, I, and then I gave her a lap dance and she was like, yo, you need to be a stripper. Mm-hmm. And I was like, me, a stripper? And me being cool, I was like, yeah, I could probably be a stripper. And she's like, I'm going to pass your number on to a lady that I know and she'll be in touch with you. And so she did. She passed my number on to... Um, the madame of a strip club mm-hmm. um, and uh, I get a call a couple of days later and she's saying hey babe I got your number from you know so and so and she had some good things to say about you do you want to come and check out the strip club and I was like yeah I can come and check out the strip club went and checked out the strip club at um, the local here in Perth mm. delicious Saturday night um, and when I was there I fucking fell in love with what I saw and what I was looking at because at that time of my life, oh, my aim was to pick up women and also to be on stage. It was like my dreams and fantasies was just like in one space there. And so I did, man. I just loved it so much and uh, it gave me the space for me to like jump on stage every now and then and to just simply dance and to dance on the floor and to get better at lap dance. And I was really enjoying this part of my life and I you know, being witnessed by women um, and, and me witnessing women go crazy for me um, and, and celebrate me and, and lose their fucking minds for me and my moves. Like, witnessing that, I was like, fuck, like, I feel confident. This is me. They're fucking loving me. And it got to my head, right? 
which was one part. And I also really enjoyed um, just being celebrated and just mm-hmm. being honored for who I am, which I feel like is a very necessary part of life to celebrate each other and honor each other. Um, and the reason why I left was because of the toxic female behavior that I just couldn't put up with anymore. Mm. Um, for myself in that time of my life, I um, was, as I said, didn't invite pain in and pain came in in a way that it was very visceral. I had a um, nipple piercing right on my on my left nipple. It was a ring and I was giving a, a lady a lap dance and she was... I don't know if women have been to strip clubs, like male strip clubs. You know, when males go to um, female strip clubs, they're very obedient and they, you know, listen to the rules and they keep their hands off. And if they don't keep their hands off the women, they get kicked out, et cetera. But in in a male strip club where women go, women are fucking savages, savages. They just turn wild. And it's a beautiful expression of of the feminine where this wildness comes out and this primal self comes out to the point where this lady that I was giving a lap dance to started clawing my back and scratching me and biting me and I was like hey look listen <laughs> like you need to stop otherwise I will stop dancing and she did not stop and she bit my nipple which had the ring on and I pulled back at the same time oh. and yeah bit of my like it tore bro my nipple oh. tore and uh, <laughs> I know and there was blood I'm squirmish just thinking about that I could just imagine that in my head was, there was blood was just dripping down and I was so shocked and I was like what the fuck <laughs> security <laughs> security get this bitch out <laughs> And I was going off my head, man. And I was like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of this fucking game. I'm a fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> and I took my bag and I never entered the strip club again. Wow. Um, but wow. when I left stripping, I I couldn't knock the feeling that I had when I was in there, bro, yeah. of um, erotic dancing and lab dancing. So I've then decided to create my own culture mm-hmm. of like, how can I do this in a way where it's healthy? So how can I actually, uh, you know, empower men to be more confident in themselves, embrace that they are sexy, embrace that they are the fucking gift of life and actually truly own that. And um, also the lap dance play shop, uh, play sh- the lap dance play shops that I do, it is a space for like, yeah, as I said, single people to come together to learn how to give each other lap dances so that they have that skill set. Where Like the moment I realize that I can lap dance on another person and lead them into a lap dance, bro. Mm-hmm. I've pulled women in parties and just sat them down and give them, given them a lap dance as a gift. And their experience of that party and like what they experience in that moment, it brings so much light. Everyone around pulls their phone out. Everyone around is cheering. You know, there's so much light, laughter and energy around that dance. And it's so erotic and it gets people going and it's such a gift to give. Um, that skill set in itself has given me so much more confidence in how I step and, and how I walk and how I dance and how I connect with people. Um, and it is a mask for sure, like that I enjoy putting on and, um, yeah, I just want to give this gift to people, especially couples, um, in so many relationships that I've been a part of, you know, I, I didn't have, have the chance or the container or the safety for me to, um, explore lap dancing or dancing with my partners. But now like I'm connecting with women in a way where we connect through dance and I trust, you know, even before we hang out. I see how they walk and they move and if they can dance and because if, if they can dance, then I'm going to connect with them better. And um, through um, the connection of dance and lap dance, our bodies speaking to each other, like words are not necessary anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the knowing of each other gets better. And I've noticed like just doing the play shops, I've noticed people have such deep connections with each other that 
you know, there are tears in the room of like joy and there's wow. tears of like sadness and they hold each other in that and they hold each other in that dance and couples, man, so many couples that have done this with me have said that their relationship has blown up to the next level and the level of like intimacy that have the, they have each other, the level of trust, safety that they have with each other and also most importantly, the sex that they're having is off the chain. So, you know, that's what, that's what um, a relationship, a good relationship should be deep connection, a lot of fun and a lot of sauce. So yeah, there's like journey of dancing and me going through stripping and learning all these skill sets. Um, just putting it out in a way into this world where it's healthy, embodied, positive and empowering. Wow. Fuck. That's, that's amazing, man. That's probably coming up to the end of it. I'm going to say this right now. This is probably the best podcast I've ever done. <laughs> I mean, I fucking mean it. I mean it now, man. Damn. I mean, it. I've done over 100. This is 112 now, I think, I reckon. I think Ooh. that fucking hour we've just done is absolutely phenomenal. Doug, you, my friend, are absolutely, like, everything that you embody is insane. I am so ridiculously proud of you Thank and how far you, you've come. Now, just before we finish this up, man, people listening, guys, Go follow Doug. By the way, um, can you just give him the Instagram handle? Which yes, is yes. So my Instagram handle is at chocolate underscore daddy. That's D-A-D-D-I-E. You heard that right. And uh, amongst men is amongst at amongst underscore men. And that's my movement. And um, if the people that are listening to this right now, if you're in Perth um, on the 11th of December, and if you're a couple, I am holding the last Couples hot thrown. Saying this into the camera, into the camera. <laughs> couples hot thrown lap dance play shop where you can come and fucking play with each other on such a deep level. Uh, message me because the only way to get in is through DMs. So do it. And uh, bro, I just want to say that um, it's been such a privilege and an honor to sit here conversing with you. I'm so glad. No disrespect to any other uh, any other other hosts. I mean, so sorry, guest that has been on this podcast before. <laughs> wasn't my wasn't my intention to take take away the your light. Um, but bro. What a fucking honor to yeah. receive that as a compliment. You, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. That is all the time we got. One more time. Doug, take care, man. All the best. Catch you later. Bye-bye.